Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability show for CPAs, where we're always discovering how to build better clients, a better practice, and a better life. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of the Wealth Ability Network. So let's face it, folks, most CPAs are average. I guess by definition, most of anybody's average, but most CPAs are average. I actually am afraid that a lot of CPAs are beyond average, they're mediocre. Um, but rather than going to that, here's the thing. If, if, if we're an average CPA, okay, and that's okay for a lot of people, not okay if you're part of the Wealth Building Network, but okay, if you wanna be average, that's one thing. But I find that most CPAs don't really want to be average. They want to be excellent. And so we have a very special show today. Um, you're going to want to listen to this multiple times, watch this multiple times, because what you're going to find out is how do you go from average to excellent? So we're not talking about going from good to great. We're talking about going from average to excellent. And we have a very special guest, Zach Friedman. Um, Zach is the best-selling author of uh, The Lemonade Life. And Zach, it is great to have you on the Wealth Ability Show for CPAs. Thank you for joining us. Tom, it's great to be here. So, okay, Zach. So let's just start with you. All right. So you've got this amazing resume. Uh, tell us, a, just give us a minute of why you, you know, talk about The Lemonade Life and what it is that you hope to change and help people change in their lives. Absolutely, Tom. So the Lemonade Life essentially is about every day, all of us, whether we have a lot of money, a little money, regardless of what we do for a living, where we come from, I truly believe that everyone has a, a shot at greatness. And so every day we're all choosing to live one of two lives, the lemon life or the lemonade life. And the lemon life, 99% of people are stuck there, not necessarily because they want to be, just because reality is they're stuck there. And the lemonade, the lemon life is built on a few things. It's built on pretending, it's built on settling, and it's built on chasing. And because 99% of people are there, um, they all kind of interact with each other and they all kind of reinforce those limitations and boundaries. And so they're stuck living this lemon life. But there's a better life. And it's a life that essentially is an exclusive club, but everybody has access to it. And it's called the lemonade life. And the Lemonade Life is built on two things. It's built on purpose and possibility. 
purpose is the underlying reason why you do what you do. It's the reason you get up every single morning, right? It, it, it's, it's the why in your life. And possibility is an endless opportunity. And when you, when you marry purpose and possibility and you do it through action, that's how you transition from being stuck in a lemon life and moving towards a lemonade life. Okay, so this is really interesting, Zach. So I, I kid you not, um, just less than a week ago, I'm teaching a, a class for CPAs and we are talking about the why, okay? So we're talking about that purpose. So if you would, let's start with what does that even mean? You know, the, the why or the purpose? I mean, how do you distill that down? Please, for an accountant, okay? How do you distill that down? Um, what is the why, in other words, and how do you discover that why? So most people are focused naturally, right? I think it's human nature on the what and the how. So what I mean by that is we're focused on what we want to achieve and how we want to do it, right? We want to run a marathon. And so we say in order to do that, we have to practice. We have to run a little each week and then more and more and more and more until we can run 26 miles. The why is the underlying reason why you're running that, mile, that marathon, right? What's motivating you to do it? Is it personal accolade? Is it uh, raising money for an important charity? Is it because you want to prove it to yourself? Is it because you want to prove it to others who said you can never run more than 15 feet? It's understanding who you are as a person and connecting every single thought and action that you have to some purpose, some reason behind the actions that you take. It's an enormously difficult task. It's not just as simple as saying, okay, my purpose is we need to actually take time to reflect on it, right? And it's not something that will come immediately. But, but one exercise I like, which is, sounds very simple in practice, but it's not. It's not just you and I sitting right here and coming up with, okay, this is our purpose. You know, I, I do this for X, Y, and Z. Take some time, 30 minutes to start, be alone in a room, take out a piece of paper or even on your phone and just write down three words. My purpose is. And you're really trying to get to, again, the reasoning, like what motivates you? What's intrinsically inside of you that gets you excited every single morning to get up? Are you excited to get up every morning? Maybe you're not. Maybe you're a CPA, but maybe you don't really want to be a CPA. Maybe mom and dad wanted you to be a CPA or that's what your friends were doing in college and you thought it was a good thing to do. Like, are you actually motivated every single day that you wake up and excited to go to work? I mean, that's a question I think fundamentally we tend to just like gloss over because a lot of people are unhappy in their work. Um, but, but why do you get up every morning? Do you love serving clients? Do you love, um, you know, coming up with, you know, cr being creative or um, are there other reasons why you do I, I, I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to interrupt you because I want to ask you this question. You go, okay, do you love serving clients? What is, what about the why behind the why? Okay. Absolutely. To me, there's a level deeper than this, you know, I, you know, and, and you got to it a little bit, I think when you said, do I want to run the marathon? Because everybody always told me I couldn't run 15 feet or they, they said, you, you can't run. They told you, you can't do something. Okay. And then even then I'd go, why, why do you care if somebody tells you you can't do something? So th th there's actually seems to me like there's a bit of an onion problem, right? It, it absolutely. It absolutely is an onion problem. And when I said to start out with those three words, what you'll find during that exercise, again, starting with 30 minutes that you can go as long as you want or doing it on different days is really exactly what you said, Tom, is getting to the why behind the why. So you might say my purpose is, you know, I, I want to prove to others that I can actually run. Okay, well, why, why do you want to do that? Okay, because, you know, in, in, when I was growing up, people said I couldn't achieve anything. Well, why did they say that? What does that mean about you? You know, what can you learn about yourself? And I think the more that you're willing to be vulnerable, the more you're willing to be self-reflective, 
you really get to a, a, a point of what really drives you as a human being and you get to a much deeper level. And I think the people who can achieve that, again, it's not easy to do. They tend to connect, again, that purpose and possibility. So all of us can, can aim for goals or try to achieve certain things that we don't have today, but that we want tomorrow. But until we really understand who we are as people, it's, it's hard to actually get to that final finish line for most people. You make a good point because, uh, so I, I spent several years, my, my, one of my mentors is Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and he's actually a personal mentor. I mean, I'm very fortunate that I get to talk to him on a weekly basis. And, and, and what he's really, one of the things he's taught me is that business is about personal development. It's much more about personal development than it is about business development. And I think this is one of the struggles we have, particularly in the uh, financial services profession, is we think it's about numbers. We think it's about making money when it's really about who are we and how are we can connect with our clients and how do we connect with ourselves. I, I've got to tell you, um, you know, I, of course, I've been in this business for a very long time, and I can't tell you how many people I've met that they didn't even really know why they got up in the morning. I mean, they had to, they had to make money. They had to, they had to put food on the table. I'm going, why would you do this? You know, to me, of course, life's a lot shorter for me now than it was 40 years ago. But to me, life is too short to be doing something that is not our calling. I, I, I love the book, The Happiness Avenge, which I'm sure you've read, um, where he talks about a calling as opposed to a job right? Or a career. Yeah. And what I hear you talking about is, you know, what's your calling and why is that your calling? Absolutely. I, I gave a TED talk on this, um, which I would encourage everyone to, to look at. And it's, it's the secrets to happiness at work. And, you know, we spend up to 70,000 hours of our lives at work. I mean, just think about that for a minute. You know, I, I can't do something I don't like doing for 15 minutes. I mean, let alone 70,000 hours. Um, yet we all know people, right? Friends, family, um, who, who've been stuck in a job they just don't like. And they do it because, you know, they have to provide for their family or just because it's too hard to apply to another job or they'll hope it'll get better, but they don't really take any action to do it. And I think the people that are stuck in that, whether you own your own business um, or you're working as a CPA or you're working for somebody else, if you don't actually love what you do, um, it becomes very hard to be successful at it. It really, really does. I mean, Robert Kiyosaki is a great example. I mean, he's, he's made a, 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 you know, a very successful life, not only uh, with Rich Dad Poor Dad, but with, with his real estate investments and other investments that he's had. And he's really passionate about it. I mean, he really, really understands that business well. And, you know, I, I think that's one of the reasons he's been very successful, right? He's, he's found something that he really. Yeah, there, there's no about. question. You know, I, I, I've traveled all over the world with him and any, mm -hmm. And he'll do these presentations and like I've been traveling with him for close to 20 years and I'm always amazed by, he's still got the same passion today that he had 20 years ago. And Absolutely. so he really does understand his why. And so I, I get why that's important. So, okay, so let's say you take that time and you really feel like you can dig deep and figure out the why behind the why behind the why. And now you've got, you know, you, you, you have an idea of why you're doing what you're doing and, and you've got a purpose, you're, you're, you're driven there. All right, so what's the next step into going from average? I, I get that's a big part, but that's just step number one, right? What, what's the next step in going from average to excellent? So the, the next step after that is really reprogramming five behaviors uh, that lie within all of us. And so I studied leaders from business uh, to politics, to sports, to religion, and really marry together all of kind of the key elements, the key behaviors, the key switches, as I call them in my book. And what I found was that the most successful people in the world um, had these five series of behaviors. 
And I think all of us have the opportunity and possibility to flip on those five switches. And when we do, we can move from an average life to an excellent life, from a lemon life to a lemonade life. Um, and, and the best way to remember those very, very simply um, is through an acronym and it's PRISM, P-R-I-S-M. And so P is for perspective, R is for risk, I is for independence, S is for self-awareness, and M is for motion. If you can master all five of those things, and I talk about it in detail in The Lemonade Life, um, you have an opportunity to, to connect your why um, or your purpose with your possibility. And, and that's how we become successful. All right, so let's walk, let's walk through a little bit of that, if we can, on a very practical basis. So, so what do you mean when you talk about perspective, for example, you're saying, well, we, you know, we have to start with perspective um, and how do you relate that to your why? So it really all starts with perspective, right? What's inside your mind more than what's inside your heart is going to drive your actions on a daily basis. A lot of people want to lead with their heart and that's important, um, but it starts in your mind because minds connects to your facts. And if you understand that the world is built with unlimited possibility, I think that's the most important thing you can start with. You're an entrepreneur, Robert Kiyosaki is an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs believe in, in potential. They believe in possibility. They don't always have a clear roadmap of how to achieve it, right? I mean, th those are more of the details, but understanding that the world has unlimited opportunity for everybody, really for everybody. It, it doesn't matter how much money you have or where you went to school. Everyone has a shot at greatness. And I truly believe that and that's fundamental to the lemonade life. So understanding first of that world is full of potential. There are people who I talk about who live in the lemon life who are called eternal excusers, right? And we've all met these people, right? These are folks who, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, no matter what opportunity you present to them, there's always a reason why it cannot happen. Yeah, yeah but right? let's, let's face it, right now we're going through that as a society, okay? Yeah, we're, sure. we're in a victim society right now. I mean, let's face it, we've got a lot of things. I'm a victim of an election. I mean, I'm a victim of something that happened uh, years ago. Okay. There's a lot of victimhood going on right now, and it's actually being celebrated. And it's, uh, I think to a large part, it's being rewarded. Okay. So how do you deal with that as it becomes more and more part of the fabric of society that not only is it okay to be a victim, but you've got people telling you over and over, you're a victim. And what I'm hearing you say is, look, wait a minute. If you're gonna have that limited life, you cannot be a victim. You gotta understand that you have the potential, but it's up to you to reach that potential, nobody else. It's all based on individual responsibility. So eternal excusers don't wanna be responsible for their own actions, right? They wanna push the blame onto somebody else, right? Somebody else prevented me from doing this, or I wasn't able to become rich because the system's rigged, right? Or, you know, I don't really have opportunities. And so they kind of, you know, almost self-inflict these, uh, boundaries, these artificial roadblocks that prevent them from ever moving forward. And I think that's one of the biggest impediments that people have in their life is, 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 is that fear of creating their own business, right? Starting their own wealth firm or their own wealth network, their own CPA firm. Um, not that everyone has to be an entrepreneur. You can certainly be successful working for other people, but, but just having that, that mindset that you can accomplish anything. You can grow your client base by 30% this year, by 50% this year, um, versus, well, I can't really take on new clients. I don't have time. And, uh, think of all the people I have to manage, or I have to send out more invoices. You know, there's reasons that we can talk ourselves out of doing things rather than talking our, ourselves into reasons why we can do things. Right. And so it really all starts with perspective. I talk about in the book a lot of different stories of folks who kind of focused on mindset um, and ways that you can improve yourself, whether it's, um, uh, you know, ways that you start your morning. You know, your morning routine can be incredibly important. 
Um, and there are a lot of examples in the book in the Lemonade Life about that. So my, uh, my, my mother, who um, people hear a lot about my mother because she was a great woman. And, um, you know, you always hear this, well, you know, you, you need to think outside the box, right? And my mother would say, why do you have a box? Right? Get rid of the box. That's there the problem. Go. The problem is the box in the first place. Let's get right. outside that box. And, and she used to say, you know, for every single problem, there are 50,000 solutions. And, and we probably thought of three. Okay. So don't forget that there's the other 49,997 possibilities there. So I, I love that. You know, I love, uh, you know, P perspective, but maybe P is also a possibility. So I, I love that combination of things. So, all right. So then let's go to R. So what's R again? So R is risk, right? And it's not so much, you know, are you an entrepreneur who takes a lot of risks or are you risk averse, right? Most people think of it in that binary way. Um, but in the Lemonade Life, the best way to think about risk is really the relationship between the two. So if you think like something like a risk reward scenario, right? So it's not just like, do I invest in this stock or do I not? It's more understanding, here's my upside opportunity and here's my downside opportunity. And am I willing to take a bet that the upside will be a certain multiple of the downside? And so I think most people shy away from decisions because they're just inherently risk averse, right? But instead, if they look at the relationship between what their upside can be and what their downside can be, they'll understand that no, no one has perfect, you know, information, right? And so you have to make a decision and determination. Of course, not doing something is also risky, right? It can be, certainly. So, I mean, because you're, you're you, you've, once, if you're not in control, I mean, you keep talking, I love this, you keep talking about, you got to be in control of your life. You, you want personal responsibility. If you're not, then you're taking the risk that other people will be in control of your life, that other people will determine what goes on in your life. And to me, I don't know, to me, that's a much bigger risk. I learned that um, actually when I was at, I was in-house tax advisor for a, a big company. And the very first job I had when I was um, hired was to uh, let half of my staff go. That was actually my very first responsibility. And, and it just like going, wow, being an employee is a very risky proposition because these people hadn't done anything wrong. This was a forced right. reduction, right. right? So having a single client, you know, if you, if you took your financials as a business owner to the bank and they said, okay, so tell me what proportion of your income comes from each client. And you said, well, I have one. Then they're even going to give you a loan. And yet somehow employees think that being an employee is a low risk proposition. To me, you've given up control. It's a high risk proposition, actually. It's an extraordinarily yeah. high risk proposition. So I love that that you're including risk in, you know, how do you make this life better? Because it's not just, you know, it's it's not just looking at the risk of doing something. Um, isn't it also the risk of not doing something? Not doing something. Absolutely. And I, I think you you said it perfectly, Tom, which is being an employee is traditionally thought as being very safe, right? The people who are supposedly risk averse. Um, but for many people, being an employee is one of the riskiest things you can do because you have absolutely no control over your future. Well, right. Literally no control. I mean, well, you get a paycheck you know, every week. You know, I, I can have, as a, as a business owner, I can have thousands of clients. If one fires me, it's not the end of the world. But boy, if that one client of mine as an employee fires me, I'm in the world of hurt. And a lot of people found that out in the last year and a half. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I think that's there, there's just this contemplation of risk. I think that's 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 something that is it is something that we actually control. I think we control risk a lot more than we think. I, I think in some cases we control it less, and something 
cases we can control it more. So, so we got to include risk perspective. So what's I? I is independence. And most people, um, whether they realize it or not, are, are dependent on either an idea or other people. And not because they necessarily believe in the other, the, the other people or they believe in the idea, but it's just kind of the way that they've been conditioned, right? It's kind of that thing we talked about in the beginning of like your why. And a lot of people um, are either dependent on a job right? They don't realize how much risk they're taking or, or they follow the, the troops because that's where everyone seems to be marching. But the folks who really take the time, you know, to walk an independent path. So they, they could be an entrepreneur who takes a risk that others don't see, or they may be willing to, to bet it all because they think, you know, they can stand alone. They don't care what other people think about them. You know, when you lift up that weight from your shoulders and you're willing to kind of stand out and say, you know what, I actually disagree with everybody. This is a complete minority opinion. I know 99 out of 100 people think I don't know what I'm talking about, but this is what I believe. Those are the people who tend to get ahead. Um, they're not necessarily always right, just because you have a, a, a you know a counterintuitive uh, uh, or you know a, a narrative that's different that you necessarily the right one. But the people who can walk an independent path and they think freely and independently for themselves um, are the ones who have courage to stand up and challenge the status quo. Are the ones who get ahead. No, I like that, and you know certainly. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki would be a perfect example of that, right? Here's somebody who has bucked the trends um, ever since, you know, ever since he started. And, it, it you know, and, and I, I can honestly tell you, I'm going, I don't think he cares what other people think. Um, he is truly independent because um, he goes, look, why, why would I want to depend on somebody else? You know, why would I want to do that? I mean, I feel the same way. I mean, why, why would I want to depend on something happening or on the government, even worse? You know, why would I want to depend on this organization that barely functions in the first place? Um, or why do I want to, you know, depend on something happening? Well, what, you know what, if this happened, that'd be great. If I get a promotion, that'd be great. As opposed to that independent thinking of uh, that's your self-determination, right? Is that independent thinking? Absolutely. It's self-determination. And it's also, you know, as you said, Robert Kiyosaki being an example, you know, when you don't care what other people think, I mean, think about how much better your life is, right? I mean, you're not worrying what so-and-so said at work or what your boss thinks or how much your money your neighbor has. If you think of all the worries that people have on a daily basis that kind of inhibit their own personal growth, um, once you can remove that, I mean, you feel obviously a, a physical weight off your shoulders, but the, the emotional and the mental investment people make worrying what other people think about them, um, you know, evaluate yourself, right? I mean, you know, give feedback to yourself that, that's honest, but you don't need other people to tell you whether you're, you're good or you're bad. Think independently and, and freely, I think is the best way to operate. Awesome. Perfect. And S, so we're to S. S is about self-awareness. It's very similar to mm -hmm. some of the things we just talked about, but it, it really challenges each of us to kind of look inward. And I think a lot of people will focus on the exterior, right? Here are all the things I'm wonderful at. Um, but we don't spend enough time kind of reflecting and understanding ourselves, not necessarily to put ourselves down. You know, I think between strengths and weaknesses, people say try to balance both. I think people should just focus on their strengths. It doesn't mean, you, you know, you can't identify your weaknesses or, um, you know, try to get a, a certain baseline, but you don't have to be amazing at everything, right? I mean, everybody has weaknesses. Um, you know, if you need to step up your, you know, your public speaking, okay, great, do that. But, you know, if you have 20, week, 20 weaknesses and, you know, 20 strengths and your time is limited, focus more on your strengths because that's where you're going to win. Um, but self-awareness is also about just understanding who you are, right? What makes you tick? What motivates you? What excites you? Um, what are you afraid of? What are you fearful of, right? The more you understand yourself, and again, that's not an easy exercise to do. It's not just, 
you know, spending five minutes doing it. It's, it's, it's really, you know, what, what Peter Drucker has called a mirror test. It's really looking in the mirror and understanding, you know, who is Tom, who is Zach? Once you understand more about yourself, it's so much easier to win, right? You, 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 know, you know yourself so much better. You, you know what, what makes you tick, what doesn't make you tick, what drives you. And I think the people who are willing to take that risk, again, to be vulnerable, those are the people that get ahead in the lemonade life. You know, it's interesting. We hear a lot about transparency these days, right? The internet has caused transparency and we're looking for transparency in organizations. We're looking for transparency in government. We're looking for transparency. And yet most of us forget the transparency begins with us, right? Well, we're not even willing to look at transparency within ourselves. We're not transparent to ourselves, let alone to everybody else. What's really interesting is when you combine that independence and that, um, that self-awareness, then what happens is, is that being vulnerable is not a big deal because you're not really vulnerable because you don't care, right? So it doesn't matter because you're independent. It doesn't matter that other people know what you already know. But I think what we're most afraid of is other people pointing things out that we don't know about ourselves. And the, 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 it's, that, it's that risk, frankly, it's that risk of, of somebody finding, um, you know, the, pointing out the spinach in, in between our teeth, right? Or, or the dandruff on our shoulder that we haven't seen. It's that kind of risk that I think we, we tend to be scared of. And if we're truly self-aware, it seems like that kind of, you know, that goes away. I mean, then it's okay to be transparent. Absolutely. If you're transparent with yourself, you wouldn't care what other people think, right? In the examples that you gave. And you can beat them to the punch, right? When you have more confidence to understand who you are, it, it's irrelevant what other people are pointing sure. out in laws because sure. you're, you're not, you not you don't have to worry about being vulnerable because right. as you right. said, it doesn't in really sales, exist. In sales training, one of the things we always learn in sales training, I know it's odd that a CPA got sales training, but I spent 20 years getting sales training, um, is that, is that what, what you really want to do is you want to, you want to put out the objection before it's ever raised, right? And that's that transparency. Well, you may be worried about this. Oh, Oh, it's not just me that's worried about it. Yeah, yeah. And, and here's how we've dealt with that. So, so once that transparency goes out, once we see it in ourselves, it's a lot easier to solve. And frankly, it's a lot easier. You don't have to explain yourself. I love that about the self-awareness is once you get there, not a lot to explain. That's right. You've got it. All right. So what's the M? M is all about motion. And so, you know, we can talk all day about the first four switches. Um, but until you actually do the work, right, there's no shortcuts to greatness. You have to do the work if you want to get from the lemon life to the lemonade life. And so I walk through different ways that you can achieve that. But you got to be in motion. People who live the lemonade life, I call them daring disruptors in the book, um, are people who are proactive, right? Life's not going to come to you. You have to go grab life by the horns. And um, it, it takes time. It takes effort. Um, again, there's no shortcuts to greatness. Anyone who's achieved uh, anything you know, uh, besides winning the lottery has achieved it on their own, uh, on their own accord and their own effort. Um, and that's from every entrepreneur to, to folks who've excelled working for somebody else. And without that hard work and that investment, uh, it, it's very hard to come by uh, success, however you define it. I, I love that. And I really love, um, Zach, that, that really the first four uh, of those steps are all about B, who are you, right? And it's on the last step that's due. And you can't not do it, right? You got to do all that stuff. I, unfortunately, I think most of the, you know, most of the books we read, most of the people we listen to, they are all about the do, right? And they say, well, you do this, you do that, you do that, right? These are the, these are the how-to books, 
right? As opposed to how to be books. And it, it seems to me like The Lemonade Life, this is a how to be book. And then, okay, and then you do it. But until we, until we know who we are, until we have that, um, that why, you know, until, until we've got that transparency, we've assessed risk, we, we're independent, et cetera. To me, um, none of the do matters, okay? Because we're just gonna be treading, we're just gonna be treading water. Absolutely, absolutely. And again, the first four, the first four steps, as easy as they are, also take work. Right? It takes a lot of work and courage to go through perspective and think about risk and independence, self-awareness. Right, Those are exercises, which I talk about in the book, um, in ways that you can do it. But, but again, you have to do the work. And, and it's incumbent upon each person to do it. And I talk about the Lemonade Life being the world's most exclusive club, but everyone has access to it. Right, All of us can do this. We don't have to be stuck being an eternal excuser um, or so that some of the other characters you meet in the book, like a steady settler uh, or a change chaser. Um, who are kind of, you know, the, the last category being a fake entrepreneur. Um, someone who's always chasing the, uh, the, the bright, shiny objects rather than, you know, creating them or actually you know, doing the work to, to see it through to, to, a, uh, to an exit. But, but yes, it, it's all about the work and kind of understanding who you are. Um, and that's at the heart of Lemonade Life, as is happiness, um, as you talked about earlier. I, I love that. Thank you, Zach. So uh, final words, um, you know, if you gave us just what, what would be, um, outside of reading the book, what would be the first thing What's the first thing people ought to do if they're, if they're really looking at going from average to excellent? Uh, you know, what are, what's like the first one or two things that you would have them do? Practical steps. Yeah, the, the, the first thing they need to do, I, I would say, is, is self-reflection. I mean, it's really having an honest conversation with yourself um, and evaluating yourself critically. Um, talk about all the wonderful things you've done that you feel that you have that you've done. Um, talk about the things you'd like to have in life, right? I mean, don't be shy um, and, and try to make them as specific as possible. I think when you articulate specifically what you want, not just I want to be rich, but, you know, I want to live in this house that has this many bedrooms on this street in this city. Here's the address. Here's what the color of the house. Here's what the interior looks like. The more you can be specific about the goals that you have, the better. Um, and, and then I think on the flip side, you want to understand, you know, what are you not good at, right? I talked about that earlier. You still want to identify your weaknesses and what you're not good at, but just don't, don't spend your time there. I think people spend a lot of time, you know, not wanting to understand their weaknesses or um, trying to get better at their weaknesses. And they kind of like overextend themselves, right? Like figure out what you're actually good at, right? Figure out where you think your, your, your core competencies are. Spend your efforts there. In fact, and do you, do you enjoy it is another thing too. If someone's average in their job, um, they probably don't have the skills um, or, or they've, they've missed identified what, what they actually care about and what they're good at. Everyone's good at something and everyone can enjoy work. I mean, I'm sure you wake up every day and, and love what you do. I mean, I, I certainly do. Um, and I think that, you know, people who do that and understand themselves better are going to excel. So if you want to go from average to excellent, understand who you are, what you want, and make sure that what you're doing currently matches that. And if it doesn't, start to identify the things that you enjoy that you think you could transition to. That's what I think the first step is. You know what? I love that, Zach. Thank you so much. I, I love your emphasis on focus on your strengths, not your weaknesses. I'm a huge, huge believer in that. I can hire other people to deal with my weaknesses. I don't need, I don't, I don't need me to be great at everything because guess what? We can't be. Um, we, and so why not be, why, instead of being pretty good at everything, why not, why not choose those things that we can actually be great at? Because like you say, we're going to love those 
going to get us up in the morning. You know, people constantly ask me, how can you possibly get excited about taxes? I'm going, because it is great. It is fascinating stuff. I love it. We're, we're going to make this simple. We're going to make this effective. We're going to do this. And, uh, and, and, and that's what makes it fun. Right. So uh, thank you, uh, Zach Friedman. Where do we go? Um, not just we know your book, but where do we go to get more from you? Well, Lemonade Life is available all over the world. Um, audiobook debuted at number one on Apple's bestseller chart uh, for business books, LemonadeLifeBook.com. And you can grab it anywhere that you uh, listen to audiobooks or, or buy books. Um, I'm at ZachFriedman.com, Z-A-C-K-F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N. You can read me in Forbes uh, almost on a daily basis. And um, check, out, uh, check out the book. Let me know how you feel uh, and what you think about it. And uh, I'm all over social media as well at, at Zach A. Friedman. Awesome. Thank you, Zach. And thank you, everybody, for listening. I, I know this is not exactly what you always expect from a podcast for CPAs and financial professionals. But just remember, when we are focused on that personal development, when we are focused on why we do what we do and really the why behind the why, and, and then we really start to understand what are, you know, how to be, how to become independent, how to, you know, how to deal with those risks, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I, I think Zach's hit, hit it on the head in the book because it's really personal development before success, not personal development, um, you know, just as a pastime. This is what creates our success. And frankly, my experience is this is what creates the better clients that are better practice and the better life. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Wealth Ability for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to wealthability.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.